Welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. So last week, we started our little mini-series once again on gaming mechanics when we went over the first-person camera uh, and a little bit of the history behind that, went over some of the games that we remember fondly, some of our first time playing those things, uh, and that was just a really fun one. So we're going to be continuing on with that trend. We're going over a different gaming mechanic this week. This week, it is all about the catching mechanic. So think about your, you know, the easiest one and the one that probably goes to everyone's mind right away is Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon has made catching mechanics in games, like catching monsters, taming them, all that stuff, uh, a staple, right? And there's a lot of games out there that mimic this model uh, and just keep it going. And we're kind of playing it to death at this point. They're fun, but they're kind of losing their trend because they have not changed at all since the Game Boy. The graphics are a little better, but that's about it, <laughs> in my opinion. But I don't know. The the catching mechanic in other games really shows off how much of a variety you can actually have and how interesting you can use it in, right? Uh, there's some great titles out there that use this in very interesting ways. So we're going to be diving into some of those and some of our personal experiences and touching on one of the biggest games, I would say, out there right now, probably one of the most controversial uh, for the last few weeks, uh, and that's going to be Pal World. We'll be talking about that one too. You know, Pokemon with guns. If you haven't heard about it, it's basically that. And there's a lot of controversy behind it, but we'll be chatting about that one. But why don't we start off by some, you know, brief history of our experiences with catching mechanics in games? Do you love them? Do you hate them? How do you feel about them? I used to like them. Oh, I feel like, well, I feel like this genre is just for me, like I can go back and play the games I liked, but in a lot of newer games that do this, I feel like we don't see enough innovation in them, mm -hmm. right? Like I know there's some games out there that do do something different. I'll touch on some of those indie ones later, but when you look at, a lot of the games that take that, like, oh, lower their HP. Oh, we're going to, you know, give them something, right? Not just a Pokeball, but, you know, some other games do where you leave some food or you do this and then they're recruited. It's Or it's a cassette or it's a square it's instead a, of a circle or it's a glow cube. It's the same concept. Yeah, it's something. But it's like, for me, I think because I played these games so much as a kid that and as a teenager too, that I'm just, I don't say burnt out of them because I haven't really been playing them for years, right? Like in the past, maybe like five, six years, I can probably count maybe two games of this style that I played. Mm -hmm. But for me, you know, I feel like this will kind of go over where it kind of started for me, but, um, well, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Like, do you still, do you like the, these mechanics still? Or are you kind of over it? 
I think they're fun, but I feel like most games that are coming out nowadays are just rinsing and repeating what Pokemon has done. So it's not that interesting. And like you said, a lot of these are lacking in a sense of innovation to me. Uh, You know, it's as far as like capturing them, the whole weaken it to make it easier to catch. I get that. Right. It just makes sense. It's fine. I guess Uh, there are other ways you can approach that problem, but it makes the most sense whenever you're talking about an action game, right? Whenever you're fighting something, something that's weaker will have a lower fight in them and they'll make it easier to catch them. So, but I think what comes to it is I'm okay with that mechanic as long as they do something different with it afterwards when it comes to the training or the evolutions or whatever it may be, change it up a little bit, right? There's so many different ways we can approach that. There's a plethora of those and you can pull from any game out there or any genre and find a different way of approaching that problem instead of just leveling them up until they get to level 16 and then evolving them or using a magic stone to make it happen. And right, like it just is too much like Pokemon with a lot of these indie titles or a lot of these other games that are coming out with this same concept. Uh, and it just feels lazy, I guess, in a sense. So I enjoy them still. I think they're fun. You know, I have played some of the newer Pokemons. I didn't play the new the newest ones, but you know, the last ones I think I played yeah. was like Sword and Shield and Arceus. And Arceus yeah. was actually enjoyable. I liked it, but I liked it because of the setting. I didn't give a it crap. Was different. Right. I didn't give a crap about the story at all. It's the same Pokemon story. So what's new there? So it was more of I liked the new stylings. Like I liked the changes that they made with the new wooden old school Pokeball. I thought that was pretty neat, right? And fitting it with that time setting. I think that kind of environment gave me enough change in there, but I knew I was expecting a Pokemon game and what to expect from that, right? Or I was playing a game and knew what to expect. So when I play these newer ones or things that are different that have a catching mechanic, I'm looking for how they have variety. What is it that they're doing differently that is not just rinse and repeat from Pokemon? And those are the ones that have been catching my attention lately. Those ones I feel like I can continue playing through, uh, but they're kind of few and far between, right? And it's it's definitely becoming harder now to get a get away from that whole it just being another Pokemon ripoff. So it's it's difficult, but I I do enjoy the mechanic, but I'm am looking for something new. I mean, we've been playing these games for. God, what like two decades? Two decades? No, like at least three now, right? Like because almost, yeah, almost three decades of this same mechanic. Of of course, we're gonna get burned out by it. It just makes sense. So yeah, I'm just always looking for something a little bit different. So. Other than uh, Pokemon, like where did it? What other games like did you play of this kind of like in the beginning, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Did well, you play like any of the Digimon games or? Yeah. Uh, I actually I watched more of the Digimon anime versus playing the games, but mm. I always loved the Digimon universe and the games were really interesting to me. I like that a lot. But one of them that I played a lot of when I was a kid, too, was the Monster Rancher games. Right. Oh, I, yeah. I, the, that style was so interesting to me. And for those of you who don't know about the Monster Rancher style, I mean, you actually had to go out and scan barcodes to get monsters. And how cool was that, right? Like, you go and... Oh, wait, that's the CD one, though. Yeah, yeah. The Monster Hunter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that was interesting. I, I love that idea. Because it, 
what was nice was it was basically the Pokemon Go before that. It forced you to go out and do something else and enjoy another form of media, right? Or just go to this, you know, Tower Records real quick and start scanning crap <laughs> and hoping to get something interesting out of it. So that that was actually really uh, like a nice a, a nice different way of doing it. Um, and I, of course, like the Digimon games work great. I really appreciate the Digimon universe. I think it's weird. It's kooky. You know, like, why does a bunny rabbit digivolve to a bunny rabbit wearing blue Jinko jeans and has machine gun hands? Who cares? Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's Digimon. That's just what they do. So th those were some of the other examples of ones that I did play. But when I was younger, Pokemon was my go to. Like, I was absolutely obsessed. So I think that's why I'm a little burnt out on it now is because I played it so much. And, you know, when they came out with red and blue, you bought both of them, right? And you played both of them, but they're the same exact damn game. There was no differences between the two at all, right? So that was kind of the, it was weird. It's a weird thing. And like, you always felt like you had to buy both. You had to buy sun and moon, silver and gold, Rose and whatever, right? Like you always felt like you had to get all of them, uh, even though it was the same exact game at the end of the day. Like later they started adding in where it's like, oh, you get this legendary for this one and this for this one. But the originals, that wasn't a thing. It was the same game, just printed twice. Smart marketing thing there. But yeah, I don't know. Th that's my history behind it. It's mainly Pokemon, but I did delve into the other ones. What about you? Definitely Pokemon, but I I kind of played around with all different for the, like, the Game Boy ones. So like for me, uh, Dragon Quest Monsters mm -hmm. was probably the next like game I played after Pokemon, and to me it was way harder. Uh, I didn't really understand it, even though I was a fan of Dragon Warrior games at the time. Even though like I only played I think one through three because that's kind of only what was out over here mm -hmm. but i really liked it it was just so difficult and it's kind of interesting because the dragon quest monsters got that idea from dragon quest 5 which came out in 92 so in a sense like it was before pokemon but the actual like standalone monster catching game didn't come out till like years later mm -hmm. but uh, that was a big one for me. Uh, same Monster Rancher. I remember being furious that I didn't have enough CDs to uh, get stuff. Thankfully, my brother had a very big music collection, so I was able to scan those. But it it was cool. I still think to this day it's one of the most unique ways of getting things i know that nowadays with the uh remaster that they did i think last year or two years ago mm -hmm. it's uh i think based off of your saves i think or no i think they made it so you just like it's code can that pick you can through put a in, list isn't it oh yeah that's what it was it's like very like it yeah it's not special anymore but i mean like it it was so cool because you would go on like game facts back in the day and there would be like this huge like like faq on here's all the monsters you get from all these tested you know cds or movies and stuff like this and it's like oh my god like i need to we need to somehow rent this movie oh we need to do <laughs> this and it's like it 
it was such a hype, but it's like, I mean, it didn't catch on like Pokemon, obviously, but well, back it then, required homework. Was, that was the problem, right? D- exactly. And back then, like I was really into Pokemon. I was really into the card game. So like I knew other kids my age that were into these kind of games and only one of them was really in the like Monster Rancher and some of these other titles. So it was like fun talking to them about this, but it was like, I wanted more people, right? So I could borrow stuff and we could all like find more. But a game that really had a lasting effect on me in back then, I hate like, okay, (laughs) I have a love and hate relationship with this game because I love so much about it. But the game is just so goddamn hard. At least it was when I was a kid. I feel like it still would be. But uh, Digimon World. Oh, uh, yeah. Kicked my butt. Because your Pokemon, or your, oops, mm-hmm. your Digimon would die after a while, right? Like, you, it would hatch as an egg. And, you know, over time, even if you took really well, you know, care of it, it would still fade away and become an egg again. Mm-hmm. And it was so aggravating because it was where you couldn't really control your Digimon. Like you can kind of like point it at what you want to do, but it wasn't like Pokemon where it's like, you're going to scratch and they're going to get hit. It's more like, Oh God, I hope this little shithead listens to me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, otherwise it's going to, you know, drop a turd in the middle of the, the freaking field, which kept happening in my town, which, that was the thing I loved about this game was that you could recruit Digimon and actually build your little town. Mm-hmm. And it was so damn cool. I loved it, but goddamn, that game was hard. And, uh, it, I tried out the other Digimon world games also, which I think in a lot of ways were better. I mean, Digimon two was more of a typical dungeon crawler, but three was really cool. Cause that was, more in line with an actual Pokemon game. But um, one game that I feel like not many people talk about, but it has a really weird mechanic in general. But uh, so I don't know why we got this game, but I think because I was in a craze for playing uh, more Pokemon likes, I played this game called Robopon and Mm. the weird thing about the case for the game, it has this little, it's bigger than other cartridges, right? It's got like a little uh, screw compartment for uh, a watch battery and there's an infrared like lens on it. And, you know, obviously with Pokemon colors and stuff, it had the little infrared on the top, right? So you could trade Pokemon. But this was before that, right? And basically, I mean, as a kid, I didn't realize all the capabilities this thing could actually do, but it's called the GB Kiss, right? That's the system that this the, the company Hudson uh, invented with it. And basically, in the US at least, you were able to, you know, trade your Robopon through this infrared system, just like, you know, Pokemon. But what you could do was you could also take your remote. And if you, 
you know, press random buttons on your remote, you would actually be able to open secret chests or you're able to give your your character like stat boosts. Hmm. And it it was so weird because it's like, how is that possible? That shouldn't be possible. It's weird. But it was kind of cool. And apparently in Japan, they actually had a modem that went with it. So and you have to remember, this came out, I think, in like 98, 99. And with that modem, you were able to like log into an inbox and like message people and you could trade with people over this like network to an extent. Yeah, that's cool. And there was a lot of like little weird features with this where it's like, why, like why, Mm -hmm. right? Especially for a game that's so far away from other knockoffs. It was just kind of a weird system but it was still kind of cool you know it was different and the game itself uh i i don't think i beat it because instead of an elite four they have an elite seven and i remember getting halfway through it and i was just like this doesn't feel the same Mm -hmm. right like it's where you're upgrading parts on your little robot and it was a very different system in that regard but I still thought that little like infrared was cool because I don't know cartridges back in the day all kind of did weird stuff. And that was just kind of a nice little different take on it. Yeah, they were doing some funky stuff back in the day and just trying to be different and innovative in some of their games, like especially the games that utilize the internal clocks and stuff like that or day night cycles. uh, Oh, like crystal. Yeah. Like, dude, that's some, that's some cool stuff, right? And it's very innovative. And it also was very frustrating because certain things happened at certain hours and you wouldn't be there, right? It, little stuff like that. Or, but, you know, we still see it in certain games like Animal Crossing, right? Where they have like nighttime events versus daytime events, things like that. But, you know, it's it, it's it's fun to see titles do something a little bit more innovative, right? Um, so mm-hmm. before we start diving into some more games and some that might be, you know, kind of at least doing something different in the modern era of th- this catching mechanic, why don't we dive into the actual mechanic itself? Right. We've talked a lot about the games and but what exactly does the catching mechanic mean to you in a video game? Like if you had to sum it up and just break it down without giving an example of, you know, worlds like Pokemon, it's like this. Like, what exactly is it that we're looking for when we're talking about the catching mechanic? I like to think of it as like a very simplified way of persuading a NPC to join you. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good way of summing it up, right? It's getting a an NPC to join your party to fight alongside you, right? And there's various mm-hmm. different ways of getting around that. There's some interesting ones and, you know, there's some generic ones, but there's a lot of different ways of accomplishing that goal. So that's basically what it boils down to. And that's what we're talking about here across all these games. And yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia happening, right? Of course, because this mechanic has been around for so long and we grew up in the era of it becoming a booming thing. Uh, so that's, I just wanted to kind of s- simplify that, sum it up a little bit for people who maybe don't play catch mechanic games right or maybe they're they they know them but they're not really familiar with the whole premise behind it but yeah there's different ways of doing it as far as like with kind of more pokemon style of weakening the enemy until they are able to be persuaded 
whether it's catching them or whatever it may be. Uh, there's usually some sort of taming involved or training as well. Uh, and there's ways to boost up stats of your party as it goes along. Some games allow you to fight alongside with your your caught NPCs or monsters. Uh, and there's others where you just use them solely as the way to fight, right? So there's different ways of doing that. But I just kind of wanted to sum that up a little bit there. Uh, but yeah, it's when you think about when you think about it like that, it's kind of like, I mean, all of these are just typical RPGs, right? They're just instead of your typical party of five or four, you have a hundred. And something that I kind of like noticed as I got older was, you know, you look at Pokemon, right? And you capture like 150 mm -hmm. and your chances of probably ever using all of them is very little. I know oh, yeah. me, once I got my, my six that I liked, it was very, very rare that I would switch them out. There's no reason. And to. yeah, exactly. You could, you could take a fire Pokemon who was level 60 against the elite four and beat one of their water ones just because you trained it so much. Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of cool, but at the same time, I feel like maybe as I got older, that's why I kind of like grew out of those games because it would just be like I'd have my six and then I would just leave it as that. Yeah. Like, but like how many people took execute to the end game, right? <laughs> like when yeah. you just caught them to fill out your Pokedex, there was no other reason to catch that Pokemon. Exactly. And it's like I think about like games that have a big cast of characters that you can kind of recruit, right? Like. I think for me, my biggest comparison is like the Suikoden games, right? Because you have 108 characters you can recruit for your castle. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like Pokemon in the sense that you can use almost all of them, right? Some of them are support characters that you can't use. But at the end of the day, they're all somewhat unique. They have their own powers and they're all different. The only difference really is that these 108 characters all have a personality or a little bit of lore attached to it. Whereas some of these Pokemon, they do have some kind of history, but it's not like extensive. But for me, once I started just looking at Pokemon as just your typical JRPG with some different caveats, I was like, Oh, well it makes sense, you know? And it's yeah, just different mechanics. Like you look at, kind of how far it's come and then how I don't want to say bare bones it's gotten over the years, but yeah, it's, it's interesting where this genre has kind of kind of been like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there's a lot of different ways of this game or this style playing out. Okay. So going to ones that maybe have done something a little bit more innovative when it comes to the catching mechanic or something a little bit different. Uh, I just recently started playing a game that I've been wanting to play for a very long time, uh, and that's World of Final Fantasy. This is a title that has always been on my backlog. Every, from when I first saw it, I was like, wow, this looks awesome, and I just never played it until recently. Uh, and actually, it was because we started talking about this catching mechanic stuff. Uh, and it's actually a very innovative way of handling um, this catching stuff, right? Like, it, it, it changes it up enough where it, it's actually interesting again. Um, so it's it does have the basics of, right, just having, um, battling something, 
and then you end up catching it in a cube instead of a sphere this time, right? They're called mirages uh, and they don't belong in the world and that kind of idea, right? But what makes it interesting is that in the beginning, in the early stages of the game, they tell you, like if you use Libra, it gives you like a guide or kind of a hint as to how to properly catch the these little critters. And like typically in the beginning, it is, you know, hit them enough to get their HP down and then you can do it. But then others will have certain things where it's, you know, hit it with a certain element type and then it'll be able to be caught or have X in your party and then maybe you'll have a chance, to, right? Like there's different stipulations to it, which make it more interesting. And then comes the actual battle mechanics that are attached to it. Uh, that's where it gets really, really cool. Uh, it's a stacking mechanic, so it's kind of trippy where and it looks goofy, but it creates like a totem style, right, where you get to stack up your characters or you can actually have them unstacked and everybody is out on the field at once. The issue with that, though, is that your HP pool is a lot smaller now, right? Everyone's HP is really small, but if you stack them up, everything gets combined into one and then the stat bonuses come up that way as well. So you do want to keep them stacked as much as possible. There are times in which you want to unstack so that you can then, you know, use uh, items and things like that a little bit faster because now every unstacked character gets put into the turn order pool. So it's it's kind of interesting that way where you can go from being stacked and you can unstack yourself or an enemy can hit you hard enough to make you topple over and get unstacked that way, right? So on top of all that and kind of talking about the whole thing with Pokemon and how, you know, there are times in which you catch a Pokemon just to catch it. You don't even use it at all. Uh, they feel It feels like they kind of address that in this game so far, where they have a skill that you can earn for each one of these little critters. It um, basically allows them to roam around with you when you're walking on the map. And each one of these guys might have a different ability, like the Chocobo is able to sniff out different types of greens and like leaves and things like that, and which you will need to unlock certain passageways. Uh, or you have something that can break rocks, or you can get a flying character that'll help you fly from over small gaps and things like that. So you kind of want to have them in your party just to have them and use them out in the field and get that ability set, right? Or at least get one of each of those or something like that. So kind of keep something like that always in your party, which changes it up, right? And what's nice is that each one of these little guys, as you're leveling them up, they get different skill bonuses. It's kind of like the sphere grid in like Final Fantasy X or Final Fantasy XII, where you get to actually pick a skill path for each one of them to then level up. And that affects their stats, which then will affect them in the stack as well. Um, and as far as like magic goes, uh, you know, you have your fire, Fira and Firagra, um, an easy way to get bonuses on those, which is I thought was really cool, was if you have two um, characters stacked in there that have fire spell, then now that is now a Fira spell, right? Or if you have three with fire, now it is Firagra, right? So like you're kind of balancing out stats and magic and abilities in that way. And it's it's actually really cool. And it makes you kind of have to think about who you're catching and who you're keeping in your party. Because the only way you can do stacks is if you do large, medium, small. So every character or every creature is categorized by size. So you have to stack them in order of that way. You cannot put a large on top or you can't put three larges on top of each other. It has to be large, medium, small. So sometimes catching a small critter is, you know, pivotal and it's, it's important to do so. Um, but now you're starting to look for little stat bonuses or magic bonuses or 
elemental types to try and create those stacking um, orders and things like that. So I, I'm really liking this idea. There's a lot to it. It's very expansive from what I can tell. And it being one of the cutest Final Fantasies I played ever, uh, it's it's kind of funny to think that this game is as long as it is. Uh, it's, you know, looking at the how to beats and stuff like that, you're looking at close to 50 hours to beat this game. And on the surface, it looks like such a cute little game, like something super simple. But the story is actually very, very in-depth and it's fully voice acted. The comedy's there. It's It's a very interesting title. And on top of that, you can actually catch and use, you don't really catch them, you, you like kind of unlock them and you're able to use them in battle, but heroes from previous Final Fantasy games as well, which is a really nice touch. So there's a lot to this that's just a lot of fun and it takes the catching mechanic and I feel like it elevates it into a very different way uh, and it uses it in a very interesting, innovative way that we're not seeing in a lot of games nowadays where it's very much rinse and repeat of the Pokemon model. So I'm pleasantly surprised with this and it's a lot of fun so far. Yeah, I've had my eye on it for a long time, but for some reason it's never like every I just forget about it so often, but it's just always something that's kind of stood out because it's just I don't know. It it's so random. Like it doesn't really make sense why it was made, mm-hmm. I guess. But like everyone I know that has like played it has always said like positive things about it. Cuz it is different. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. I think that you would really enjoy it. Um, I, and just, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying my time with it. The, the writing is really interesting. It's, it's actually really goofy, uh, which is a lot of fun. Huh. It, I'm very surprised. The characters are actually breaking the, the fourth wall. Uh, the, one of the characters is just a complete idiot, <laughs> like complete <laughs> stupid, like idiot where like, I forgot what he said, like someone made fun of something he said and he's like, oh yeah, well, you know, at least I'm dumber than you. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> right. Or like <laughs> they have like some funny nods there where, uh, you know, it's one of those common tropes in RPGs where whenever you beat something, you get all their money. Right. And same thing in Pokemon. You beat like a little five year old kid in a in a battle and he gives you five hundred dollars. Right. Like they kind of bring that up. They're like, why do all these monsters have all this money in them? And at in the very beginning of the game, like you meet God who makes up all the rules and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes they like to do some weird things and they're like, okay, let's not get too far into that. That's enough, right? Like, they just kind of mention it and squash it real quickly. It's like, yeah, don't think about it too hard. So it's just kind of funny. I I like this one a lot. But as far as other games out there, what, what other ones do you feel have a sense of innovation or have done something at least different than what we are so used to with the catching mechanic itself hmm with the mechanics i feel like um i have one that i do think is interesting but it's more about what you do after you capture them but i think one that's always been kind of a franchise that stuck out to me with being really different about it would be like the Shin Megami games or mm-hmm. the Persona games just because it's more about persuading, mm-hmm. right? Where you have to talk to them and it becomes more of like a dialogue tree choice thing where, you know, some it it's weird because it's like sometimes you could look at these a demon and be like, oh, they're 
they must be kind of smug. I'm going to talk to them like that. And then they end up like hating you and they don't join you. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoy those games. The ones that I have played, which is more so the persona when it comes to the Megami games, I feel like the only one I've really played is four, which was really good. I really liked it a lot. It's just those games are, I feel like heavy is not the right term, but it's very, it's a game you can't really walk away from and play something else because there's just so much info. And I feel like when I had put it down, I tried to go back to it maybe like a year later or two. And it was just almost foreign to me. I was like, oh, my God. Because, I mean, all the spell names are different than any other game, Mm -hmm. right? They make, like, no sense. But the recruitment system, it's kind of like once you're playing those games and you're into it, you kind of get a general understanding, like, what demons kind of respond to you in a way where you can recruit them because i feel like they're kind of the same in every game so you don't really have to like guess but but you need to be familiar be also with times, other titles so there's some homework attached, yeah, yeah which i mean most people that enjoy one of those will play the other one even if the um the Shin Megami games are a little more dark Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people that play persona don't really jump to those but you know the other way around people do but for me i feel like with persona it's a little bit easier uh and the the monster like leveling evolution system that just seems easier too which it's kind of weird because you you would think they'd be the same Mm -hmm. but for me, I felt like they were different enough where it was a little bit easier. Because I remember having like a lot more uh, in my party than the other games that I played. But yeah, they, it was frustrating. I don't know. I, I don't want to say I'm bad at those games because I did put a lot of time in like 3 through 5 and then with Megami 4. I think I almost beat it and then I stopped, which is a bummer, but it's, I don't know. To me, it's frustrating. Like it's kind of like when you're playing Pokemon and you keep throwing a Pokeball when they're at like one health oh, and it just, and keeps it just, breaking out. yeah, it just keeps breaking. But it, the problem is like, if you fail this per, like dialogue check, they're pretty much gone. So it's like, okay, now I have to keep fighting again and do it again. And it's like, as someone who doesn't want to spend three hours in one dungeon to try and get a care like a monster that would be good in my party, it kind of sucks. You know, I don't have all day to try and get one character. Yeah. So I mean, it doesn't follow the simple cool rule of the like, rock paper scissors, right? It's not as straightforward. So it does require a lot more thinking behind it. I think that might be yeah. why. I never really hopped on with those games. I I mean, I've appreciated them from afar, (laughs) but they are always ones that I'm kind of afraid to jump into because I know of how much work is necessary to play those titles. And I definitely feel like those are the games that if you step away for a second, you're done, right? Like you're going to forget everything. You have to start all over. And I have too many games like that where I've started over like Bravely Default 2. 
I think I've started over Bravely Default 2 like four times now. <laughs> and every single time I get a little bit further. Like I think the last playthrough I had, I had like 28 hours in it. I stopped for a little bit, came back and I'm like, I don't fucking remember where I am. I don't know what's going on anymore. So I just had to start over and I lost 28 hours, right? Like it's the, those kind of games are really frustrating uh, to me because it's it's really hard to get back into them. And I guess that might be why that style isn't really copied as much as the Pokemon style is. Right. It just kind of makes sense whenever you start thinking about it that way. It's an easier mechanic to jump into. Everybody knows rock, paper, scissors. Everybody knows like the basics of it. It's very easy to catch on and it's easy to replicate. Right. It's a very simple formula that works. Right. And it, it does a good job and, and it it catches people's attention and it's enough to get people to at least try the game. Uh, and hopefully they have something new and innovative attached to it to you know keep them playing the game uh, past the couple hour mark whenever they realize it's just another pokemon clone so you know i will say one thing i really liked about uh arceus the one you were talking about earlier mm-hmm. well i just love that you're able to just throw the balls and it would just work you know like you didn't have to battle each one of them you could just launch them like crazy yeah. like it was you can snipe them from it afar so cool. it was great <laughs> like to me, that was probably the first Pokemon game in f- so long that I actually really enjoyed. And to think that it was like the prequel, right? Like before the world, like before everything had become what it is and, you know, all the other games. Because I tried Sun and Moon. I tried Sword and Shield. But um, it just those games didn't work for me mm-hmm. at all. But with Arceus, it was like a different spin. And I don't know. I respect that. Like, yeah, it it's not a big change, but it was a big enough change to be like, Ooh, if they were all like this later on, I'd be much more interested in it. Right. Totally agreed. Yeah. It was a, it was a fun playthrough. It was something different. It, it And they actually had a story that was different and interesting. Uh, opposed to the same old thing over and over again. You're a ten year old boy that goes and leaves his house, <laughs> right? Like, and your mom kicks you out when you're ten, right? It's just weird. But now it actually had some meaning behind it, which was really interesting. But anyway, so there's another catching game out there that has kind of caught the world on fire lately, uh, and it is Pokemon with guns, man. It's Pal World. Everybody is like jumping on this Pal World bandwagon and people are paying money for it, like a lot of money on this thing, 30 bucks for this title when it's just a Pokemon rip, right? And it's on Game Pass. Just go play it on Game Pass, man. Like, don't don't spend money on this title. You don't need to because <laughs> I don't feel like this game's going to last that long. I feel like it's gaining a lot of traction because of the controversies attached to it. I mean, the fact that this game... The animators behind this game, not even the developers themselves, the animators are receiving death threats for creating characters that are too similar to Pokemon, which I think is just insane to think about because you have titles like Nexomon or Monster Sanctuary where those look like Pokemon too. So why aren't we freaking out about that? But I think it has to do with some of the mechanics that are in this title. Uh, The fact that you basically make your palmon into slaves or you can make them carry guns and like all this weird crazy stuff 
But what I will say is that it's actually, I mean, the mechanics behind it are actually interesting. It's a full survival game. Um, I mean, I wish that the pals didn't look all sad whenever they're doing work for you. <laughs> where it was like that, that makes it a little bit more depressing and hit a little harder. But I like the idea when you punch them. Yeah, when you hit them, or if they're working a line of you know creating items for you on conveyor belt style, they look depressed, like they have sad faces. And the fact that they added that in is just so hard to watch. Sometimes <laughs> it's tough. Uh, but it's, I mean, it is funny, right? But it's its a goofy game. And I, I mean, I like the idea of kind of mixing in the whole satisfactory style game with Pokemon, right? Where you actually are building out an entire community and recruiting these little guys to assist you with that. Because in the world of Pokemon, that was a thing, right? The electrical company had electric type Pokemon to generate power. But it, they looked happy in the show, <laughs> right? Like, I don't think that they would make them cry. Well, they did make things cry, and there was a lot of Pokemon that got killed, and they did eat Magikarp. But, you know, like, they're, it's, it, it's at least different enough. Uh, and, you know, it is kind of tough to see that you can catch these adorable critters, or you can just beat them to death with a stick and roast them, right? So, like, you're making lamb kebabs out of these little cute little lamb characters, uh, or you can catch them and make them your friends. But... Yeah, it's it's a tough game and it's it's interesting how that much this game has caught fire. And it really I, I think if you got rid of all the controversies behind it, got rid of the fact that Nintendo is reacting to this, the fact that, you know, the full Pokemon mod version of this got pulled so damn quickly, uh, it would not be as popular as it is right now. Uh, but it is I mean, streamers are taking it over they're making this thing relevant and it's it's interesting to see. And the one thing I will give for them, at least they're taking the genre to a different level. At least they're trying something else with it. It's weird and it's out there and they're kind of pushing the envelope a little too far, I think, for a lot of people. But it's at least they're doing something with it. And I think kind of making that shock factor happen is allowing us to progress the genre further more and more. So now I think over the next couple of years, we're going to see other catching mechanic games like this, but a little bit more subtle in the craziness and probably a lot more variance when it comes to the actual, you know, monster types. So they don't get hit with all these cease and desist orders from Nintendo and everything like that. So I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting game. I to say the least, I guess. What about capturing humans, huh? Yeah, I didn't bring that up. <laughs> That's a thing. You can butcher them too and eat them. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that, but you can do that too. So I guess it's fair. <laughs> but I mean, is it really wrong? Because think about it. They're enslaving these pals. So like, are you like, liberating or are you just as evil as them huh? you're just becoming the dictator it's like when the bully becomes a, or when the bullied becomes the bully it's well, it's just that my mom always told me there's a job for everybody and i guess it's being a dictator <laughs> yeah it's being a dictator and making these cute adorable squirrels make you guns 
<laughs> right. I'm going to punch this sheep until, <laughs> until it oh bursts into lamb chops. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's what it does, man. It's sad. Or if you hit them hard enough, they get little stars and get knocked out and they start rolling. You hit them on the hill, they just roll down the hill. It's like, oh, <laughs> that little guy's gone. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I do want to try it out. I mean, I'm curious, but yeah, it's it's a lot. It's weird because I remember I don't know, was it like two or three years ago mm-hmm. we saw trailers for this thing and I was always like it's it was always marketed as like Pokemon with guns. Yeah. But then like people just forgot about it. And I feel like to me I never forgot about it just because it was so freaking out there. I was like, oh this this will be entertaining when it comes out. I knew that this game was gonna get flagged. I knew that it was like there people are gonna try I didn't think it would get this big though, but I mean I guess it makes sense just because it's like absurd, right? Like mm-hmm. so many other Nintendo like properties surprisingly do well. Look at Genshin Impact. I mean in a lot of ways it took a lot from Breath of the Wild. Yeah. When you kind of look at the style and everything and look how well that game's done see and that's another thing i'm surprised about they they really just they like they target like very different games because how many games out there are breath of the wild clones right like there's a lot mm-hmm. out there i mean even little gator game little gator game is exactly breath of the wild but nintendo is not going after them i mean it's on the nintendo <laughs> shop right like it's they're allowing these I different titles to come out something that i th- think about when it comes to all this is that people want nintendo games on other platforms right think about we'll never see pokemon on an xbox or pc anything like that no so people have to create these games like nintendo properties i mean i guess the next big one's foam stars which i mean it's a joke but i mean it's splatoon for playstation Mm. right and i mean Granted, Pal World is more survival than just a monster catching game, mm-hmm. but it's close enough, right? And I think it just goes to show that, like, people want more Nintendo like things because Nintendo's just not, for better or for worse, not pumping games out all the time, right? right? Because, I mean, then quality would sink. But when you take some weird take on this, right, where they have guns and you can enslave them, like, yeah, people are going to, people are going to want to check that out because it's just absurd, Mm -hmm. right? It's something we all grew up on from our generation to Zoomers, right? With, you know, there's kids out there that their first Pokemon was Sword and Shield. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Because think about that came out, that came out, what, like eight years ago? Yeah. I think so. Came out 2019. So it came out, well, four years ago is a little soon, but, you know, there was a point where that was a first game. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about like a six or seven year old. That's definitely probably going to be their first one. Yeah. And then, you know, Scarlet and Violet's the next one. And so they've already grown up with this kind of thing. And, you know, I haven't looked into it, but there's probably a Pokemon Roblox kind of thing out there because there's a Roblox thing for every big franchise out there. Right. But well, and they even have I mean, they have Pixelmon on Minecraft, right? That's really popular. 
There's there's a lot of different ones out there. Oh, I forgot about Pixelmon. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Pixelmon's actually a lot of fun. I like that one a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I agree that Nintendo properties are good and people really like them. They just don't like how Nintendo handles some of the things like the online features and stuff like that. Other platforms can do it better, right? So like this Foam Stars, I could see that picking up more than Splatoon because of the online network that's already been built in. That framework is there. So it's it's kind of sad. I mean, but I totally agree that, you know, Nintendo properties are popular. People want to play them, but they want better graphics or they want slightly different gameplay that Nintendo is not going to give them because it is such a family from friendly oriented like franchise. So it's just something different. But yeah, but anyway, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Hope you guys have enjoyed our little conversation here into the catching mechanic and diving into more game mechanics as a whole. Uh, we really enjoy these guys, so just kind of expect some more down the pipeline for sure. Uh, but anyway, that's going to do it for us, and we'll talk to you guys next week with some more games and all that good stuff. But until then, bye for now.